1: What's up, y'all? Scotty Real hanging out today. Me and Grow Guru got soup on the line. What's up, brother? Hey, what's
2: up, everybody?
1: What's going on, DGZ? Oh, man, it's, it's good to hear from you. Uh, Soup is an organic soil guy that really does, and in, in my opinion, knows what he's doing. He knows the why uh, of why he does things. And, uh, man, we were talking with, uh, he heard the Dirt Man Dan talk. We were building organic soils and trying to learn as much as we could about them, all putting our heads together. And, and Soup said, I got something to contribute, man. Get me on the mic. <laughs> man so (laughs) pretty much man yeah so what do we got man so what so i tell you what tell me about your style you're up there in in northern california um you're an organic grower tell me about your style real quick man
2: um so i'm doing like organic soil in pots i'm kind of roughly following the coot mix kind of thing that is real popular the whole build the soil kind of thing sure um kind of made a few of my own little tweaks to it, added a few other things, changed a few other things. I'm also like making some, um, some of my own homemade kind of Korean natural farming inputs, they call it. Um, so that has been fun, kind of like going to the grocery store instead of the grocery store kind of thing.
1: All right. Um, so tell me about that then. Because now, if, if we're talking about uh, we've got to build the soil, first of all, we've got to, what I'm confused about or what I'm trying to learn about is, do we build all our macronutrients, our micronutrients, and our trace elements into the soil from the start, or are we constantly adding those?
2: That's a great thing for us to talk about, because I do feel like there's definitely a confusion about that. And so basically what's going on is if you have enough soil volume, you can get away with not having a top dress. So if you're in a gigantic bed, or if you're rocking really big pots outdoors, or if you're you know in the ground outdoors you're probably not gonna have to add anything. Um, you can probably make it full cycle just with a good large volume of amended soil. But if you know, you're know you indoors in pots, like most of us probably are, you still wanna kinda use bigger pots, but you should also probably plan on doing some top dressing at some point. Um, and I usually say that's probably like the first week of flower is a great time to top dress. Um, and then maybe if you think you need it, sometimes they do it again in the third or fourth week of flower.
1: And now, when you're saying top dressing, we're—I mean, I imagine if we're putting nutrients, top dressing, I, I imagine the unspoken word there is top dressing nutrients. And I would think there would have to be some macronutrients in there. Is, is that what's going on? Are we building these? I know there's these Korean farming techniques and these sprouted seed teas and all that shit. And is that to get macronutrients into the plant, or what, what is the uh, no. what's the point of all those?
2: No, that stuff mostly. I mean, we can. That's a whole huge topic there, but mostly what a lot of that stuff is for is just kind of general plant health type stuff. You're getting most of your kind of your macronutrition from the soil, and that's where the top dressing comes in. So, like when I'm top dressing, I'm talking about, you know, I usually do take a big pile of compost or a big pile of earthworm castings, and right. I'll Mix in, you know, some kelp meal. Maybe some crab meal. Sometimes I try not to use too much crab meal if it's in flowering because crab meal has some nitrogen in it.
1: Um, Do you know what
0: the you know, NPK of crab meal is? is another good chance? One?
2: Of what?
1: Oh the NPK of crab meal. Do we know what that is? It's like a three yeah, I remember I it's, it's not like too hot.
2: Three four zero or something like that.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. So a little bit three, of three four zero and
2: then really heavy in calcium. Oh calcium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's the other thing that's really great to throw in your top dressing, too, is a good calcium source. So you like to put a little gypsum in or a little uh, oyster shell flour, or a little bit of both, really. I mean, I kind of like to try to make a balanced mix of a couple of different things. But since you're going into flowering, you can kind of slant what you're mixing kind of with like a more of a flowering angle to it, right? So you can make it a little bit less nitrogen, maybe a little bit more kind of on the P and the K. Um, it's kind of what I've been doing. All right, man. And definitely so... calcium.
1: I tell you what, man, will you take us from start to finish then? Can we just go go on a little journey in our minds, man, theater of the mind, radio style? And um, if we're building your soil, what are we building it with, man? We got, what, five-gallon buckets. We're going to do half a dozen of them. What, what, what are we doing, man? we getting a wheelbarrow full of stuff. we getting an empty reservoir. How are we doing this? Um, well, the
2: first thing I'd probably start with is figure out, you know, how much you need um so however many pots you need you also want to take into account since you're probably going to be top dressing to make sure you you leave a little bit of room in your pots
1: okay got it um, makes sense so you know
2: calculate that in when you calculate how much soil you need so like if you're growing in like i'm i'm thinking about maybe doing some 10 gallons in which is borderline a little too small but so say you're doing 15 gallons you maybe only put 12 gallons of soil in there let's just say got it um so calculate out usually you know by gallons um about how much you need. And then, like Guru, I think was saying on the show the other day, I think it's like, what was it, 7.2 uh, gallons per cubic foot or something like that? And I'm pretty sure that's wet gallons and it's like 6.2425 uh, for dry gallons. Yeah, so something like that. So from there, you can kind of come up with like a rough cubic foot number, is like all I usually do. Um, Because most of the bulk stuff you're going to be buying, like your compost, is going to be in cubic feet, right? Right. Um, So convert your gallons to cubic feet as best you can. Um, And then once you're there, I always figure for your base mix, you want about one part compost, one part um, aeration material, and then one part like a base, like cocoa or peat.
1: All right. And aeration material, people say that they, you know some things are better than others. Well, perlite gets a bad rap because it seems to break down and crush down into, into dust. Uh, is there, Do you have a sexy new aeration material you like out there? What do you like?
2: Yeah, I use a combination of rice holes and pumice.
1: You are um, so fucking rice cool. Rice
2: holes man. are cool because they're organic and they're pretty easy to find. And they break down into silica. Um,
1: yeah, they're like twenty-two percent silica right off cool the bat because
2: it doesn't really break down.
1: Interesting. What was that? Uh, I these rice holes are like twenty-two percent silica that the, the, if, you, yeah. if you analyze them right off the bat.
2: Yeah, so you, you can get a little natural or sil- natural silica in there, you know, while you're getting a little aeration from them because they do add kind of a nice texture to the soil too. But I don't like using them alone. That's why I like using half rice holes and half pumice for my aeration. Is usually what I do.
1: Okay, cool. And pumice stone, is that something that grow stores have, or where do you get that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, usually. Anywhere that has perlite usually has pumice, in my experience. It's pretty much the same thing. It's a different kind of rock, and I think it's um, it's more natural instead of being like a, a, I think, you know, pumice is like they put it in an oven or something to yeah. pump it up like that.
1: Can you use um, those hydroton rocks? Is that the same thing? I mean, they would aerate. Yeah, people use
2: that. You know, I've even seen people using, like, lava rocks. Sure. Yeah. Um, like just because it's real porous and that kind of thing, you can use a lot of different things.
1: Hey, do you use um, biochar I, I for aeration at all? I'm I'm a big fan of biochar, and it is definitely an aerator, man.
2: Um, I have I do actually. I I, I did leave that out just because I don't know why I left that out actually. But I do usually put like about five percent. That's usually what um, I think. What the bag says, but yeah, I do usually use. I think it's Black Owl bio biochar nice. available near me, so I use
1: that. Hey, next time you visit, I'm going to have to show you. I went to my buddy's house. It used to when when he was the only guy out in the country that would let me fire up my biochar retort. <laughs> the thing just shoots oh, nice. flames like a jet <laughs> engine for a little while, man, until the shit's ready. <laughs> Basically, it burns off all the volatile gases. But the thing is crazy, man. It's fucking awesome. But, yeah, I love biochar. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, it's like one of those things where it's aeration, but it's also aeration where microbes love to congregate. So you've got this aeration, and then you've got this just this, this per perfect microbe home where they'll just carve out a little home and in, in the out carbon so really good stuff
2: Right, and that's really what we're going for with the base mix, right? I mean, we're kind of trying to get a little bit of biology in there, but mostly we're kind of with the compost, right? But we're mostly just trying to kind of get like a good structure going, trying to get like a nice sponge there for all the nutrients and everything else to glob onto.
1: Yes, agreed, agreed. Love it, man. All right, so we got aeration. Uh, we've got. Uh, did you just mix compost? We got compost aeration, and then we've got uh, our little our base. And do you prefer base uh, uh, peat or cocoa? I've been playing around just cause I'm, I like cocoa. So I've been playing around with cocoa, uh, for my base. Um, Lambert Pete gave me a few bales of peat that I actually mixed in there. So I have both in these beds, but what do you think? You know, I've used both. Um, I'm currently using peat. I use cocoa in the past. Um,
2: you do have to water them a little bit differently as you know, but, um, other than that I mean it's it's pretty flexible and once you once you mix all the compost and everything else in there it really starts to turn into a soil anyway right like it, right. it kind of stops being cocoa or it stops being peat and it starts being something new you know as soon as you start mixing all this other stuff in sure it. so um, yeah you can use kind of either in my opinion
1: all right so that's the core of it are you amending uh, you know you putting some oyster shells in there you putting some crab crab meal in there as well or crab shells crustacean meal whatever they call yeah. it yeah so
2: the other two important, or I actually break it down kind of into three more important parts, but the other first one is is nutrients, right? So you got to start with some sort of organic nutrient source. And that's where in the coop mix, it's the neem meal, the crab meal, and the kelp meal okay. um, are providing. And that's where like probably 90% of your 90 or 95% of your NPK is
1: coming from. All right. So that's really interesting. So the neem meal has what in it? It's a source of... I
2: think it's mostly nitrogen and maybe a little bit of the other two. Okay, and then the crab exactly we talked about, that's like a
1: four three two or somewhere around there. Four three It's like three three four zero I believe. Three four zero, gotcha. Okay. So that leads to potassium. And uh, Yeah, and Kelp Kelp has a good deal of potassium. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And kelp also has lots of other micronutrients,
2: too, which is kind of the next part of it is getting into the minerals, which is, you know, where you get um, the calcium and a lot of other things we're talking about.
1: Love it. And man, just if we're going from a macro to a micro scale, you've got, you know, macronutrients that are needed in large volumes. You've got secondary nutrients, which are needed in smaller amounts, but still needed, you know, a decent amount. Um, you've got the trace elements that you need just in the teeny tiniest amounts, but if, if, uh, and then you've got things like phytohormones and and whatnot, and, you know, phyto just means plant. So just think about how little hormones you need, how much little adrenaline you need in your body, you know, or, or, or testosterone, you know, and how those things out of balance can really whack things out. But you've got kind of the components of, of, of building plant health, you know, or plant nutrition, I guess. No.
2: Definitely. Well, and to me, it's like the, the minerals is where you're getting the bulk of your calcium, which, I, I mean, it's a, a micronutrient or a macronutrient as far as I'm concerned,
1: right? Yeah, that's what, I um, mean, it's just NPK are the three macronutrients classified from, like, you know, 100 years ago. But um, yeah, when right. we do lab analysis on this stuff, we had DynaGro Dave on saying when he does lab analysis, he goes calcium shows up in macro levels, like, you know, higher than phosphorus sometimes. He was saying that silica will show up higher than phosphorus sometimes, and he was saying that sulfur shows up in super high levels. Yeah
2: yeah yeah. i was gonna say that's the other big one too that i really like is i think sulfur is um, underrated i think people overlook sulfur a lot and that's why i, I, I think really there's like a flavor a
1: component stuff. to using sulfur i think uh, when i've seen people that don't yeah. ignore sulfur they get a lot of flavor out of, out of their, their uh their cannabis
2: yeah and so that's why like for minerals i like to use like the oyster shell flour has tons of calcium in it um the And then I also use gypsum, which is calcium and sulfur. Okay. Um, and then we also add in, I like to use basalt, which is like a really good uh, a rock dust.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you um, now, you know, they're so trendy. Whenever you talk about no-till or coots mix, it's, you know, what kind of rock dust are you using? Azomite's are rock dust, basalt rock dust, there's volcanic rock dust. Uh, that's just, I imagine different parts of the earth, different rocks coming up and you know, I, I, you know, different mineral components, but the, the dust is the important thing that it's in like a weathered form that can actually be accessed as to where microbes can access this, uh, you know, this really small, you know, they can kind of get their, their uh, around it as opposed to like, you ever seen like, was it lichen, how lichen grows on a, on a rock and it's just kind of sucking the nutrient out of that rock. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, Yeah. so I think like yeah, microbes, exactly. the same
1: thing. If you break that rock down into this really fine powder, the microbes can break it down quicker. Right. I'm down. Yeah, and bad. the one
2: thing I want to add about about that too is, um, I mean, you guys brought up azomite, and one one thing I'll say is, you know, the thing, and the other thing that came up in your conversation the other day I kind of want to address is the one thing you can, you, you mentioned can you overdo rock dust or can you overdo, and you can't. Um, you definitely can. Okay. <laughs> you can definitely throw things out of balance by adding way too much, just by adding way too much of some of these micronutrients. Right. But more importantly, the other thing that I'd be concerned about and something you should kind of be aware of with any time you're dealing with like a mined material is that any of this stuff that's dug up out of the ground always comes with the risk of having heavy metals. Yes. With it or having Very kind of point. bad stuff in it too. So that's one reason why personally I don't like azomite. um, it's been shown to have kind of, well, I shouldn't say that, but um, I think there's better rock dust out there, I guess. I should I'll just say. Um, I like to use basalt. Um, there's a place called Rock Dust Local, or the website is Rock Dust Local. They're a Colorado based um, supplier of basalt, and they're awesome. Um, they'll ship you a bag for like 40 bucks too. They're great. Um, so I deal with them personally,
1: but, um, nice. I responded yeah, using, to a great list. Rock, rock and, and dust. not going too overboard is important. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What'd you say, man? I'm just here being all high.
2: Oh, uh, I just said, you know, using a quality rock dust. So it doesn't have lots of heavy metals and lots of bad stuff you want to avoid is important. And also not going too crazy with it because you always have to accept a little bit of risk that anytime you're using anything mined, it might have some heavy metal in it. So, you don't want to just keep piling heavy, you know, minerals on your soil because you, you do have to worry about that sort of stuff accumulating up, especially if you are using the soil over time.
1: Man, I was listening so, to some guy talk recently. Just be was, aware of it. He was talking about how some of the rock dust is mined or he, he was trying, I think it was a unique thing he was trying, but to mine a rock dust uh, and then use like some of the gold mining equipment to pull out the heavy metals. I thought that was fairly cool. interesting, so I, I wish him well with that. I want to hear about that endeavor. It's one of the yeah, industrial uses for really
0: cyanide. Cool. What's
1: that? Is mm. for
0: I'm pretty sure in silver mining they'll use cyanide to it helps to pull it out of the ore. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Just a little cyanide never hurt nobody. Just a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so all right, so the, <laughs> the rock dust. So you're saying you can have too much. What? It, how much is too much?
2: Um, I think I usually say like what's the typical recommendation i think it's like one to three cups per cubic foot or something like that
0: okay that's not probably that much man a good three cups is... um
2: people use a people use a ton more right um, to be honest i think i think that's about what i'm using but um I honestly, I don't know a good number. <laughs> you shouldn't
1: go up my number. No worries, man. Head. But when but, we're talking about cannabis um, also, I'm just thinking about the, the, that term dynamic accumulator, which is cannabis. It means that it pulls whatever is in the, the soil or you know, whatever nutrients are in the soil out and into the plant. So, it, you know, they use it for like bioremediation for cleaning things up and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, if you did have some kind of heavy metals in there, it would be a problem. You would end up smoking and ingesting them. So that is that is concerning, right. brother. Well,
2: yeah, and, and that's why it's important to to take the time to source good ingredients. I mean, and that's, that's why. And, I mean, we talked about this, and we had a good Google Plus conversation about this the other day, but kind of like you know you start off with maybe using azomite because it's what you heard of and it's common and it's rock dust and then maybe you hear as you know there's better alternatives and right you move on to something else and i mean that's kind of the process and that's what i love about this kind of gardening is it's you know you you're always learning you're always trying to improve you're always trying to kind of take that next step further to make it a little bit better you know so um you know, azimite's fine if you can find it, you know, but don't settle for it. You know, use the best shit you can find and, and keep looking for something better. Never settle for what you have. Always keep looking for something
1: better. So, if you need to make your own. You could call it basalt of the earth, man. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, cool. So, we've got, uh, so we're talking that the Karanja kelp and what was the middle one that give us our macros man Karanja, kelp and Crustacea. neem, crustacean
2: neem crab and kelp
1: <coughs> i fucked up neem and neem and karanja. My, my my apologies neem crab or crustacean and kelp those give you your macronutrients, your bases now we're getting our our micros from the uh, rock dust right the, your, our trace elements from the rock dust correct Yeah, and
2: this is where, I mean, I think you've talked about like the the law of minimums before where it's like, you know, you're talking about the barrel with the staves in it.
1: Let's fucking talk about that Um, real quick, man. It was so cool. The guy that invented, this is a stone call, man. We can go off any direction we want, man. The guy guy that invented salt fertilizers, Justice Justice von Liebig, he had figured at the end of his life, he was like, holy shit, man, it just don't work as good. He had done a long experiment with it, played with it, but he realized he was missing something. He was just using NP on things, and he realized there was this law of the minimum, man. And tell him about it, Soup.
2: Yeah, well, basically, there's all these different, you know, minerals and, and elements that the plant needs. And if any of them are lacking, then the plant's not going to perform. Um, but, so if you think about it kind of like a, a barrel with all the little vertical staves in the barrel, barrel the little vertical sticks uh, making up the barrel. Um, you know, you can only fill it up as tall as the tallest one, right? So if one of those staves is really short, the whole the barrel kind of is going to just fall apart at that point, and it's not going to hold any water. So you yeah. got to kind of build up the whole thing and make a balance mix together to make the whole thing work.
1: Uh, agreed. And some of those things, I mean, something like manganese, you know, or uh, trying to think, what, oh, here's a shocking one, arsenic. Arsenic is a trace yeah. element. <laughs> That's what the A in azomite is, you know, so you need yep. – like, a a tiny bit of that for, you know, for the plant to thrive. Well, if you don't have the teeny tiny bit of it, the plant's not going to thrive, man. It's going to be missing that stuff and it's going to feel it, man. So it's kind of crazy the way you need all that stuff.
2: Yeah. And that's why I really like to take kind of a broad approach when I'm thinking about minerals and, and nutrients in general, you know, it's just, it's better to have a good balance of a lot of things than to have a ton of anything, you know, and to try to match, you know, there's so many people out there still with that, the bloom booster philosophy, you know, sure. still trying to push that, the
1: phosphorus, you know, and, um, yeah, There's still guys to you know, take I steroids get, out there and get huge, man. Some people like that look.
2: <laughs> Right. Right. But I mean, I think we're learning now that it's, it's a lot more about having a little bit of everything, creating a good balance and making sure, you know, you meet that law minimums on everything, make sure you have that, teensy tiny bit of arsenic if the plant needs it you know making sure you have a little boron and a little manganese and that's where the rock dust really comes in It is- it doesn't have a ton, any of those things necessarily, but it's got a little bit of everything.
1: Right. And don't forget, you don't need a lot of those things. You don't want to. That's why you right. know, you just, you're just having this conversation with you. Thank you. You explain to me why you don't need to go putting three and four cups of rock dust in there. And if you do, you're asking for problems because the A is ar- arsenic. You need a teeny tiny bit of arsenic in your soil or it won't work. But don't put too much in there. The plant will suck it up. You'll have a shitload of arsenic in your, in your plant. You know, it makes sense all of a sudden. Well,
2: and there's there's also just not really any benefit at a certain point too, right? I mean, you get above, if the plant needs a teensy bit arsenic and you give it more than that, it's not going to grow a healthier plant. And and that's (laughs) not
1: where you're getting your boost, you know, your big fat buds from yeah. it's like oh it took the tiniest right. little micro micro grain of uh, uh uh you know of micronutrient and that's how it blew up no i mean it blew up because you're feeding the cow same thing as these bodybuilders you know it blew, you know if you can give a, a bodybuilder all the juice you want if you don't give him any food he ain't gaining no weight you know you can, his hormones can tell him to gain all the weight he wants if he's not getting calories in there he's not going to be gain, he's not going to be able to put that in the muscle it's the same thing with the macronutrients of, of, of plants in my opinion
2: Definitely. Well, and that kind of brings me to the last kind of point that I like to bring up is I put biology as an ingredient in my soil The four main ingredients. Biology is one of them, because if you're not adding life in there to kind of move those minerals around to cycle the NPK around to kind of get the turn the soil from a pile of, you know, dry ingredients into soil then, you know, you're missing out. So to and me, that's kind of the, the last ingredient you need there is that biology.
1: Yeah, it's, it's about absorption. You can get all the You can eat all the nutrient you want. Um, one time I had a really bad uh, infection and they gave me this leviquid, which is a crazy uh, antibiotic, and it cleared out my system to where, like, I couldn't eat anymore. I could eat all the food I wanted, but not, there was nothing in my body to absorb it. And so there was getting no yeah. nutrition. <laughs> it took a long time to build that back up, to build that microbial population back up that's what makes a healthy person and that's what makes a naturally healthy plant is a naturally healthy plant has a a lot of biology a lot of beneficial bacteria and fungi in there that are able to capture and hold and process and deliver that nutrition in the right proportions to the soil Uh, I'm i'm sorry to the plant rather I mean, it's a huge, huge component, and without it, you've got dirt, man. You've got dead dirt. You can have it all in the right proportions, but until you get that water and you add that biology and you and you get it kicking, you just got dead dirt, man.
2: Agreed. And one thing I like to add, too, is I, I've been thinking of it also in terms of, you know, you've got wild biology. You've got, like, your worm castings. You've got your um, compost tea you can make you've got, you know, just compost you can top dress with, you've got just the wild biology growing around you, you can um, make fermented things. And then you've also got the lab grown biology, like the recharge, like the mammoth pea, and really to, to make the best soil, you want a diversity, you want a little bit of everything, right? So to me, the best way to do it is to approach it from both sides, you know, hit it with the lab grown recharge and hit it with the the compost tea, hit it with the wild biology. I like to hit it with everything, right? Because I figure the, the more diverse biological ecosystem I can create, the better.
1: Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I think things like the recharge add a crazy amount of, you know, just like you know, just loading up po- the population of microbes, man. There's just crazy density in there for processing nutrition. Um, if, you, you know, if you're going just purely organic, uh, you, you probably wouldn't want to overdo the recharge. You probably want to cycle it with other things. You know what I mean? Have it imitate a compost. Don't, don't put it in there as the big pig coming in with billions and billions of, of biological units. But just do a nice, you know, a nice mellow amount once a week or something like that and have it complement your other biology so it doesn't outcompete. But, yeah, I love the idea of adding, uh, you know, something like some recharge. Uh, Definitely love that mammoth pea. And I I believe that these things grow in the soil. If you can put them in the right populations where they have the food source, you know, in recharge case, it's the molasses and the kelp and the humic and fulvics that are in there. But as those are in there, the the plants – and I guess for you, if you're putting the – uh, kelp meal in there—that's a great food source for microbes. They're going to go at it, man. So they're going to be growing in in the soil. Things like earthworm castings too, man.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely look at it like the more the merrier, and and but it's also kind of instead of well, I shouldn't say the more the merrier. It's it's again kind of more like with soil where you want to create a balance. So, like you were saying, I like to hit it with at least one kind of biology at least once a week. Um, you know if you want to do two things you know that's fine too like i'll maybe do a compost tea early in the week and i'll hit it with recharge late in the week or something like that
1: i like but, that um
2: and now yeah, are you a compost tea guy
1: your, your compost tea like say like these earthworm castings are you going to take the castings and make a tea out of them or do you just take the castings and sprinkle them on top and then water them in
2: um i do both i mean i think uh the thing with castings is that they're expensive so, if you can afford to top dress with castings all the time, hell yeah, go for it.
0: Right. Um, uh,
2: compost is a lot cheaper. So, that might be a more affordable way to top dress. Um, but you can brew with both. And I do brew with both. Um, kind of just depends on what I got on hand.
1: And now, compost is that thermophilic compost, that heat compost, right? Yeah,
2: or I'll use, I mean, I have a backyard pile that I'll use for brewing. Um, I don't top dress with stuff from my yard because I'm worried about bringing in
0: things. Right.
2: um, You know, infecting my garden with things from outdoors. But I figure brewing, it's um, a little bit safer. So I do occasionally brew with my compost from outdoors.
1: Okay, so we've got the thermophilic compost, which is the, the stuff that you're just mixing outdoors or that you're getting from outdoors from your kitchen scraps. Then how's that's different from the earthworm castings compost? Uh, the, you know the the vermicompost. The vermicompost is going through the earthworm castings. So, uh, do you do both those, or do you do you use both those different ones, or how do they differ? And is it just that's just your diversity, where you're saying hey, once a week I'll do this, once a week I'll do that? How's that work out for you?
2: Uh, well, I, like I said, I'm mostly limited by cost. So, I mean, compost, you can get a good bag of compost for, you know, I can find it usually for less than 10 bucks a bag where I live. Right. Um, castings is going to be like three times that for a good bag of casting. So, gotcha. um, I, I like to use both when I can. Um, I'm trying to get a worm bin going again. I had one going, and then I, I had to shut it down. We had the, a big fungus net infest, uh, infestation a while back, and it, it got in the, the worm farm, so I shut it down. But working on bringing it back, and uh, um, would love to get my own castings going again, because that was pretty awesome when I had that going for a short time.
1: Yeah, I've seen those worm bins with, like, the four bins, and at the bottom is just the, the leachate coming out, just the liquid coming out. I'm like, man, that, that that one looks good, man. You know, but what are you saying? The peril is that you get uh, uh, you, you get uh, fungus gnats in your kitchen.
2: <laughs> um. Well, I had like a a flow through, like a bag where it's got like a um, you kind of put stuff in the top and castings kind of flow out the bottom.
0: Yeah, that's
1: what I'm talking um, about.
2: Yeah. Yeah, those and they're pretty cool. My issue with it is it was in my grow or it was like near my grow. Ouch, and I got mean. fungus gnats in the grow, and then they spread into the, got into the worm bin. And rather than trying to like repeatedly treat this worm bin over and over again, I just decided to add it to my outdoor compost pile and right. um, shut huh. down the worm <laughs> farm for a while because it was like get these fungus gnats out of here. So right, try it became a source them? of fungus gnats. So it was time to go.
1: You try insulting them. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <Now laughs> I got to
2: get my torch out,
1: man. I hear that's the way to deal with it. <laughs> Nice That's man. The rumors I hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, so let's uh, so let's just chat. So we're almost close to putting all this shit together, man. We got our bacteria. We've got our our, our soil built. After we do this, so all we got to do. I didn't get into those uh, sexy sprouted compost teas, man. What is the purpose of those? Is that just some kind of enzymes? Just more of the uh, more like the hormone type of you know on the on the level of hormones, enzymes, that type of thing.
2: Different ones are doing different things, but I mean, uh, basically, I think you can kind of generalize and say that most of those kinds of teas are substitutes for kind of the additives in like your most of your typical like bottled growing type of style. So, I'm trying like to get tricantinol out of much, them,
1: shit like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'll do to get like a tricantinol type of thing. I'll brew like alfalfa and kelp together in like a little tea, and that's plants freaking love that if you do that. Um, or like you were saying, the, the sprouted uh, barley tea, or the sprouted wheat tea, that's, I think, mostly for enzymes, right? So that's kind of like your enzyme replacement. So a lot of it is, is kind of the same things that a lot of people are getting out of bottled things, um, but we're kind of doing it in a more natural way. Or it's kind of like the, the like I said, the grocery
1: store instead of the grocery store kind of way of doing sure. a lot of those, sure. achieving
2: those same things.
1: And th- those enzymes are just going to make it easier for the biology, the bacteria, and the fungi to start their their biological process, to start their breakdown process. So yeah, th- those are helpful as well. So yeah, everything's starting to make sense. I'm start I'm starting to understand all the tools in the toolbox, and I'm sure I'll fuck up using them. But uh, <laughs> at least I know what the- that they're there. You know, I can start playing with them eventually i'll learn right well that's
2: kind of like what i was saying though is is that's what you got to do is just kind of enjoy the journey of it right i mean you gotta it's kind of you found a whole new toolbox right i mean don't don't think of this as like a a rough change you have to make from from you know synthetics to organics it's more like you found a whole new toolbox worth of tools to play with so um you know like i said you start start with what you've got available and and build from there
1: yeah, I got I got my power saw and I got my hand saw, man. Don't be afraid to use that <laughs> fencing hammer. <laughs> I ain't using that thing anymore. I'm scared. Oh of that. no, different one. No, <laughs> not, no, I'm no that's not of that. a fencing hammer. I haven't touched that thing since I uh since we visited our <laughs> No, friend. I meant
2: the one where it's like the hammer with the pliers. Right.
1: The I ain't touching any tools anymore. I'm off of tools. <laughs> if it's got a claw on the end, man, I'm done. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> soup i think we did a good job of bullshitting right? i don't know about a good job but i had i learned something i think it was an interesting conversation and uh dude, we, we should continue it man we should let the crew and let me digest what we what we've spoken about um man yeah, i do man, think i've learned something man i think that i'm close to putting all this together now i really was a, a bit confused and i'm glad that guys like dirt man dan and and soup the gardener have come to set me straight man thank you
2: yeah, and let me just say one more thing real quick, too, and just say, you know, I know a lot of the crew's been going through some kind of difficult stuff lately. There's been some kind of sad stuff going on. We've got people getting hit by hurricanes and stuff, And I just want to take a second just send my love out to the crew, too, and just say, whether you, you're dealing with legal shit, whether you're dealing with health shit, whatever you're dealing with, just have a good day and just smile and smoke something nice. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think about that all the time, man. Sometimes you've got to look up in the sky and remember how special and wonderful it is to be alive. And compared to some, your life sucks right now. Uh, compared to others, your life is fucking amazing, man. So just, just remember that, man. And and don't try oh, yeah, to worry man. about comparing yourself to everybody. That, that should make it seem irrelevant, hopefully.
2: Yeah, and just know the crew's here for everybody, too. If you guys need to talk, you guys need help with your grow, you know, hit me up, hit Sky up post on the website post on the google plus hit me up on instagram or something you know get in
1: touch and we'll help you out i appreciate it reminds me i'm leaving for three and a half weeks man you think you could watch my grow and my dogs and my chickens <laughs> and my uh, cat. he's diabetic
2: uh, yeah sure. <laughs>
1: pushing it Scotty's he's always got to push it doesn't he <laughs> soup i love you brother thank you for that hell yeah man all right, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, thanks. You guys have a good day. All right, you too, brother.
0: Some people love to place up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss, man, to Take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. it's just me, I like to smoke it out be loud. the tank, just look at how he's being paid, oh, no lack of me, smoking weed, I ain't done nothing wrong. wrong.